Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it's my job tonight to work with you and share the journey of the guests that I get, the great guests that appear on this show. And I have a terrific guest lined up for you tonight. I'm so thrilled that we've managed to get uh, time. And his name is Paul Jarrett. Paul Jarrett from uh, Boodoo Box, and he's the co-founder of Boodoo Box. Uh, Boodoo Box is a discovery commerce platform for health and nutritional products. And I know that, Paul, you're going to spend a bit of time talking us through Boodoo Box and your entrepreneurial journey. So a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us from sunny San Francisco. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. And and we actually have, uh, since uh, prior last conversation, we relocated the company to um, the Midwest. So we went from San Francisco to Lincoln, Nebraska. So there is no sun to be found here. <laughs> so. Well, I'm a big fan of Lincoln. I am only 20 miles away from Lincoln in the UK. And okay. I'm telling you, Lincoln, Nebraska is probably a, a, a lot better than Lincoln, the UK. That's great. Um, which I probably just lost a load of listeners from Lincoln, <laughs> UK. But listen, I, I really appreciate you coming on to the App Guy podcast. Thank we you. are a bunch of uh, indie app developers, business owners, entrepreneurs, and we would love to hear your story, your journey. Uh, how you got into um, founding your own company and doing your own thing, following your own passion. So perhaps you can take us back to that part of your life when you were you were working for another company and you were just about to make that change. Talk us through that that part of your journey. I believe that I was raised in an environment, and I, and I think this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I was raised in in an environment that um, was very conservative. Um, didn't really encourage a lot of risk. Everybody in the Midwest, it's a push to kind of, you know, go to college, get your degree, get a good job, uh, start a family, build up your 401k, um, you know, kind of follow the plan. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I tried that. <laughs> I, I uh, found it uh, to be a, a daily struggle uh, getting into work. And, you know, I, I, I kind of went that route and I thought I was going to do that. And my thought was, um, as long as I kept pushing towards the top and I kept working really hard and, and trying to, you know, bigger title, get a bigger salary, you know, that was kind of the answer. Well, I got a lot of those things and it wasn't the answer for me. I was still you know, not really thrilled to come to work every day. And lo and behold, I was uh, working at a company called uh, Complete Nutrition, which I'm so thankful for the opportunity to work there. But it was, uh, it's a, think you can think of a really high end GNC or a retail vitamin and supplement store. Uh, we had unbelievable growth. I was there for the whole ride. I was a early hire, a real early hire, and uh, we we became a very successful company. And you know, one day I was sitting in that corner office and and uh, managing a bunch of people, and um, we had really figured out all the metrics and everything. I mean, we really had the business model down. And um, 
you know, I had the opportunity to work for a startup and I thought, okay, well, you know, I've always thought that someday, you know, when I retire or, you know, um, a couple years down the road, I might start a, a consultancy or, or maybe a small advertising agency or, or something like that. But I always thought that there was this day where I was just going to understand it all and I was going to learn it all and I was going to know it all. So I kept kind of pushing that to the back of my mind and I thought, okay, well, I can kind of dip my toe in the water um, with this startup and moved to San Francisco, was going to work with a startup. And then I got to understand all sorts of the ins and outs of funding and fundraising and investors. And to be honest with you, growing up in the Midwest and the environment I did, I had no clue that that world existed. You know, I'm, I'm, I always tell people around work, it's like my saying, Google it or, you know, go, go online and figure it out. Um, I didn't even know that this world kind of existed, this world of, of investors and startups and apps. And, you know, I guess I never really thought of it. I just figured some big company made everything and that was that. But moving into San Francisco was a complete, complete culture shock. Every party, everywhere, every coffee shop you go to, there's somebody pitching, you know, the latest and greatest thing. And one day I was having coffee with a friend and who I did not know at the time, but he was an incredibly successful entrepreneur. I thought he was just, uh, I had met him for a software company at a trade show. And uh, over the years, I'd got to be good friends with him, you know, and, and he kind of brought it up to me. He said, you know, look, Paul, you're always talking about these ideas. You've done some great projects. You have some great experience. You know, why don't you just start a company? And I just thought that was crazy. I, I thought it was absolutely <laughs> absurd, you know, and I was like, well, I don't know where to start. Well, you know, you have this thing called the internet that can really help you out there yeah 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 well you know i don't have enough money well do you know how much it costs to start a business no i don't um and we just went on and on and on until i kind of didn't really have any excuse right. <laughs> to not start a business i'll say he was really drilling and, down and getting you to yeah make yeah that decision. And, and i'll tell you for yeah and i'll tell you for somebody like me who's a true competitor if somebody challenges me, I, I really kind of, uh, unfortunately, I take it personal. And he essentially challenged me. You know, he's, he kind of made fun of me and started calling me a wimp and, and some other words. And, you know, he said, look, man, you're, you know, you're 30 years old. If you don't do it now, next thing you know, you're going to be old and wish you had started it and, and uh, challenged me. And really, that was kind of what it took was, I think a lot of entrepreneurs say that they had to jump over the cliff. And I jokingly kind of say somebody came up to the cliff. I was looking over the edge and they just gave me a swift boot to the backside. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that was just challenging me. And I would love to hear if there's any entrepreneur that's listening to this podcast where they're tinkering on the edge. You know, I'd love to be the person that's the swift boot to their backside that says, go do it. You know, why not you? Why not now? It's almost more scarier looking over the edge than it is jumping. So um, that was kind of the moment. It, it took somebody pushing me to do it, actually. Well, let's talk about that meeting then with this entrepreneur guy that you luckily didn't know who it was. And he was really what quizzing you. So every time you had an excuse, uh, made a reason why you didn't do something, he would what ask why? Yeah. And, and, and kind of overcome yeah. that. Right? And it was, um, you know, he had at that time, he had started, man, three or four companies, you know, some were successful, some weren't. He's got a company out in New York right now, um, highly successful, huge hundreds of millions of dollars valuation. Um, again, I knew nothing about that. I probably would have been intimidated just to hang out and talk with him had I not had a few years of just being a friend with him. And, you know, so here he is, this ultra successful entrepreneur challenging me and I have every excuse in the book for him. But, you know, when, when somebody's saying what's holding you back and for me, it was, uh, 
you know, we had some savings. We had a little bit of a savings account, not much, but I, you know, I didn't understand the low um, cost that it would take to start a business. You know, we didn't have kids. We weren't tied down with a house or a car or anything. So if I would have had those things, those would have just been more excuses that I'm sure he would have had rebuttals for. When the rubber meets the road, I guess it's, okay, do you want to continue to be miserable and continue to search for a path or a job that obviously is not working for you at 30 years old? Or are you ready just to, you know, jump over the cliff and try something new and and uh, maybe find something that you enjoy? And, and, you know, thank God I jumped over or was pushed over the cliff because I look forward every day to coming to work. And I'd say the biggest challenge for me is, stopping work because I just enjoy it so much. I enjoy the people I'm around. I enjoy enjoy the culture. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing is just putting it down and walking away, which is the absolute opposite position I was in before. So try and take us back to that point in time when you you were just making that decision. You're about to start your own company. How did it feel you know, yeah. to, to give us some of the excitement there? Because I think that's, it's, it, I'm starting to get excited just hearing your story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest, uh, scared as hell. I'm <laughs> It's, it's, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are born and bred and um, they have you know a PR firm and they have everybody that's kind of guiding them through conversations like this. And for some, for some odd reason, I feel like I've taken it upon myself to, uh, to, to call it how it really is. You know, there's, there's not a, um, you know, we don't have a great lightning bolt story about um, you know, how we came up with the idea. We don't have a great history behind the name, all those things that everybody else has. We don't have those. We could have gone that route and did that, but I don't know. It sounds weird, but it's a bit of my duty to, to help uh, those people that were like me and to help them understand, you know, it is messy and it is scary, but it's also the most, most fun I've ever had in my life. Um, it's the most exciting thing. And, you know, it, it is, you hear the cliche, it's a roller coaster ride. And it, it totally is that. For me, quitting my job, I quit my job and I had an idea. And um, I was working on the idea. And lo and behold, four weeks into it, a website popped up with that idea. So there was kind of this holy cow moment. You know, I quit my job. I was working on this thing. Um, somebody else came up with my idea. And at the same time, my wife and I had been training for a half marathon. So the idea for Bula Box was actually, it was, is a work in progress, but we were training for a marathon. At the end of the marathon, we received samples for products. Um, and the nugget of the idea was just, which I can talk more about Bula Box later, but uh, the nugget of the idea was just... Uh, how can we put a return on investment for a sample product from a health company? That was really the problem that we wanted to solve. Yeah, let's try and understand Bully Box because we are app developers. We love finding solutions to potential problems in your business, but it would be good to start with understanding your business model because I don't think we get anything like this in the UK. So tell us, uh, how can we understand Bully Box? It's a very popular model right now in the United States. We are a subscription sample box. And in essence, for a $10 monthly subscription, our customers receive a blue box that is full of uh, four to five premium vitamin supplement and healthy snacks. So they get a box delivered to them every month. As they provide feedback on the products that they sampled, we give them rewards points. Those product reviews are provided back to the brands so they can change their product, make their product better, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Customers use those points, those rewards points that they earn from taking surveys, and they use that towards a full-size purchase of a product at our website. So essentially, we are a 
it's kind of like a discovery dynamic e-commerce site. So instead of going and purchasing a you know a tub a, you know a tub of protein or a bottle of vitamins, you're able to actually sample those things out, make sure they work okay for you and your body, and then come to our website and make a full-size purchase. That sounds like just an awesome idea. And I, I really can't think of anything that compares here in the UK with that type of business model. Maybe we should license it out to somebody in the UK. I think, you. well, we've definitely got a lot of people here that are into health and fitness and yeah. uh, some of the big brands, uh, I don't know if they're in the US, but Holland and Barrett, uh, they're a big uh, store here in the UK. And yep. uh, it's still, it seems very old fashioned. People are going to the stores, going Crazy. to these specialist uh, stores and, and, and trying to figure out what they want. But um, having a, yeah, there's, I think there's a big opportunity here in Europe and UK for you. Cool. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's current. So you're solving this problem. I mean, I'm almost thinking of an app because it's all about discovery of product. And that you almost yes. got these beta testers who are paying to be right. a beta tester. You know, we just came back from the world's largest uh, vitamin supplement and health uh, natural food trade show. And it is... Un- and we brought some new people from from uh, from Bulu Box there, and and um, you know we've been operating for two years, and I think sometimes everybody's like, well, what haven't we seen? And you know, you walk into this trade show, and the first thing you see is uh, bacon flavored coconut chips, <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, <laughs> didn't know that existed, you know, and then you see inhalable caffeine, you know, well, didn't know that existed. So it's such an incredible time. Natural foods, this category is absolutely exploding right now in the US and it's just such a like incredible time to be part of it and and see where things are going and um yeah it's 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 totally um makes sense for a sort of app so to your point and yeah i mean i'm just thinking of uh kickstarter i don't know if you've come across kickstarter um but that's come over here in the uk oh, yeah. recently yeah. and i know it's very big in the us and one of the a couple of the guys on there uh, there's, uh, they've released this thing called Soylent, which yes. uh, is a substance. I'm familiar with Soylent. Have you yes. heard of that? It's very interesting. Yeah. We're going to actually get a, we're thinking about getting a box for our office to see if uh, a few of us would do the Soylent challenge. Um, interesting product. Yeah, I, I'm actually now, I would love to do that. And I would love your guidance after you've tested it to understand whether it's something we can do it. We, we are a bunch of these app developers, coders. We don't like to um, get you know, have to spend time cooking and uh, cleaning and buying food. We would just love a, a shake or some kind of substance that we I, drink like a fuel. I totally, and, I, you know, <laughs> that would be great totally for many of the listeners. So. I have, I, uh, I do a thing where, uh, um, I have a, it's called a meal shake. It's kind of like Soylent, but it's a, it's a little bit different, um, um, mix, but, um, you know, I'm kind of the, caffeine um um, give me a raw meal and then i'll actually just cook my meals for the week and it's just chicken breast and vegetables so um i hear you i i I view food as a fuel as well so i'm right there with you my wife on the other hand (laughs) not so much but uh i totally understand that i can get onto that train 
So anyone who's listening, who's writing this stuff down, don't worry. All these uh, notes are going to go into my show notes. And if you go to onemob.com and hit the podcast and search uh, for Paul Jarrett, then um, you'll find all these resources here. But yeah, I'd certainly invite you to come back and tell us how uh, the Soylent Challenge is going on and if anyone's died from it. Or, <laughs> maybe, maybe I won't come back. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why maybe you leave it to one of your um, interns. You but you uh, <laughs> So um, we like solving problems and trying to figure out like, um, the ways of uh, using apps to solve business problems. Can you think about your business and... The, currently the biggest pain points that you have, the biggest challenges you have in your business, and maybe we can throw around some ideas on, on how we can solve those problems with the, the use of an app. Well, I would say there's a, we are built on a platform called Magento uh, Commerce, uh, Magento e-commerce. Um, you know, as far as our app, there's something that we use to kind of, um, uh, it's not even an app, it's just a mobile version, and, and um uh, we don't have a specific app, but I would say um, we are currently. I'm in. I'm under an NDA, but we are currently building an app with a very large company. They actually reached out to us and um, offered to build it for us. Um, but I would say it's definitely stalling that app building and development um, because you know I think a lot of people think of our company. And they think of this, it's an e-commerce site or they want to sell vitamins and supplements. And, and we don't think of an app and we don't think of our brand at all. We think of it as discovering things. So whether it's discovering that I can burn 200 calories walking to work every day instead of, you know, taking a car or, um, you know, I discover that I can uh, replace water instead of soda and um, lose weight. So, so I'd say our biggest challenge is just ha- having people understand that our brand is about discovery and it's not about selling vitamins and supplements. I'm very familiar with Magento. I oh. worked on an app last year and uh, one of the biggest challenges I had was integrating the platform with a native app. A native app being an app that actually sits on the uh, iPhone or the, uh, the, the smartphone. And I know that Magento have released... Um, the ability to buy an app directly from them. So if anyone's listening and they're using Magento, then you can actually go and and buy. But when I've tested these apps myself, when I've downloaded them, I reckon 50% to 70% of them crash all the time. And so I do think these um, website commerce solutions that we've all bought into have... Um, a big challenge ahead because that you know um, I I just look at my own behavior. I, yes. I never go on my laptop to order anything commerce. I've just ordered something from Amazon. I do all my food shopping on my phone. So you know that's probably um, sorry to cut you off, but I think you just illustrated probably what our um, biggest um, and I don't want to say problem. It's probably our biggest concern is that you know literally, and it's nothing that we don't already know. It's just that we were built on. A desktop platform, but we see that our traffic more like literally week over week is coming more and more from mobile, which makes sense. It's not a shocker to anybody. So I would say that's our biggest concern is how smoothly can we take what we've done with our website, convert it to mobile and just make the experience quicker. So that's probably going to be our biggest concern or our biggest challenge over the next year. And then I'd probably just say on the back end, we have certain brands that will drop ship product. So they just send product when a product is ordered, it comes directly from the manufacturer. We have some brands that we warehouse, and then we have some brands that we do what we'll call consignment deals with. So we kind of have three or four different ways that we're working with brands and just managing inventory levels on the back end. 
I'm just thinking of your business. And if you were to set up like a digital uh, arm of your business, I mean, there must be so many opportunities. I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, I use uh, an app called Lyft. I've just started to use it. It's uh, an app that helps me uh, cope with my habits and encourage like, you know, good behavior. And it's so easy to leave reviews, get stuck into a forum, try and figure out uh, who's in there. I I don't know if you've come across that app, uh, Lyft. Uh, is it L-Y-F-T? L-I-F-T, Lift Up. And oh, oh, it's like Everest. I, I, there's another app called Everest. And there's there's all okay. these um, okay. apps that are encouraging us to have good behavior. So this app is getting me up at 5 a.m. Right. in the morning. It's encouraging me to go for a run in the morning. Um, I've got a... Love it. And I just think that, you know, the ability to just easily take a, a supplement, a health supplement, and leave a quick review on an app... Um, you know the leverage you've got is, yes. is really um, that, that's really exciting. Yep, we've we've definitely um, talked about you know just a simple being in a in a grocery store and a, a barcode scanner, and then um, you know you're able to to ask questions or rate that product, and it would just go directly to our website. So you know we really do um, encourage our community. We call them booligans, um, people who get the bully box. We really do encourage. Um, open dialogue. We have an entire uh, page on our website that's just a community where they can um, talk via social media or whatever. And, you know, when somebody leaves, this is kind of a little bit of a dirty secret of the vitamin and supplement industry. Uh, a lot of the reviews are controlled and uh, we don't do that. The only, the only time we'll take down a review is if that review is, you know, using foul language or just, you know, completely inappropriate. But um, we're very open and, and we view it as um, those reviews are open to the public and open for the brands to see. And it's just going to force people to make better products. So um, I, I always think it's a little fishy when, GNC has five reviews of a product and we have 48, you know, and we're, we're probably yeah. just a tiny percentage of traffic there. Well, I do think the review market has got to change because you just look through and you can see that the ones that have been pre-written or yes. moderated yes. and, uh, but it does make a big influence in uh, actually uh, the purchase decision. I'm, I'm, I go on Amazon all the time, straight to the reviews. Yep. As when I buy an app, I go straight to the reviews, but I, I really want the trust that they're genuine reviews. Yep. And I think it's vitally important. You know, it'd be really cool to have, and I, and I don't know if they have this or not, but just have like the Amazon reviews pull into our website. I would totally be okay with that. <laughs> you know? Um, so we, our customers don't even have to leave that information. It's just pulled from another site. I'm sure there's a way to do that, but I guess I've never thought of it. Yeah, no, there, there probably is. And if there's anyone listening out there who's done an API for Amazon and pull can pull information like that into an app, then uh, get in touch with Paul Jarrett or myself and we'll... Um, I'm easy, I'm easy to find on Twitter. Right, okay, well... I, I, feel like, I feel like since we've been talking about Magento, and this might be a totally inappropriate shameless plug, we actually are looking for like a full-stack Magento e-commerce um actually the the person the team that we've had on board is uh looking for um we want an actual cto so we're we're looking at relocation salary hiring equity um all those fine things and uh, we've had some amazing people here but uh we're kind of ready to do the next level of somebody with some serious E- uh, magento e-commerce experience so i don't know if i'm allowed to do that on the show you absolutely and you know anyone listening if uh, you want to uh, have that opportunity i would suggest that we're going to leave the um show notes and i'm going to ask for your information at the end of the the podcast cool. but uh, and do you um would you consider 
taking somebody on in a remote setting? Would you work with them remotely? Do they have to be based in your office? I will tell you we've had two. Um, uh, one, uh, they both started off as great experiences, and then they kind of um, um, died out or fizzled out. So we are open to it. I would say it definitely has to do with um, availability and um, time zones and um, uh, experience. I'm 100% open to it, um, but it would probably, it would take, I'll just say this, it would take more convincing now than it would two years ago because we've had a little bit of a <laughs> bumpy path with it. Yeah, it's one of the challenges. I mean, I work with a remote team and uh, yeah, it's it's, a, it's challenging. You have to keep on top of it, daily calls, a lot of integration tools, but uh, you know, I, it's worth it because then you can, they can source these people anywhere in the world. I, and yeah. I love the idea of it. Like I, I really, and, and it's silly to me sometimes when, you know, we have like a actual office, like it just seems kind of silly in general. And I think probably where we have had a challenge with it is that, um, the person working remotely haven't ever done it before. Um, and you know, there was no plan kind of in place. It was just be open 24 seven. I think you brought up a really good point. Whereas if we had somebody that has done it before, um, they could probably walk us through the process, and and um, that would be something that we'd be way more open to. Well, I'm happy to go through my past experience of working with some Magento guys and uh, have, have a dig around for you. But uh, good luck cool. with that hire. Yeah, and, um, it's great that you know. I mean, this is the space we're working in, and and coding, and 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 all the opportunities are out there for us to uh, to, to really jump on. Um, so let's talk about this is the app guy podcast we love talking about apps and i know that you've got an iphone and you've got it in front of you so um you know you are i'm hoping going to share some great health uh, apps or any, anything that you think that would be of value to us to uh, learn from you what what apps do you involve in your life well i could i could give you the ones uh um you know that i'm supposed to give you um like i i use the lose it app um, I'm sure you're familiar with that. The tracking calories exercise, lose it. No, I've not. Oh. Uh, lose it, right? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a calorie tracker. Uh, you set goals. Um, it tracks fats, proteins, um, all sorts of carbs, etc. And then you punch in your exercise, and it's a really simple kind of calories calor calories in and calories out. Um, helps kind of maintain your weight. I actually used to weigh 307 pounds and with exercise and vitamins and supplements, I lost over a hundred pounds. And I'm telling you, I can look, I, <laughs> I can look at it. I can look at a donut right. and I gained 10 pounds. Um, so the lose it app is, uh, it's really awesome to have. It's, it's actually on my, the, whatever it's called the dashboard at the bottom, you know, I have. Oh, right. So that's really important. And yeah, I'm yeah, downloading I, it right now because yeah, I need I have to lose some weight. Messages, so. mail, phone, and then lose it app. And, uh, it's nice. You can scan barcodes. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew right now and I scanned it. And, uh, so now I have these calories that I know that I have to burn off later. So kind of keeps you in line. And I, like I said, you know, I still, my diet and exercise aren't perfect. I'm okay with that. But having something like Lose It really helps me keep track. So how about one of those uh, weighing scales that automatically tweet your weight every day? <laughs> I had We had a company send me one. Uh, I think it might have been the Fitbit scale. Um, and I was really excited with it. And I went to set it up and it looked like a really easy setup. And I'll tell you what, there was like two or three things. And I spent like an hour trying to sync it up and whatever. And you like... 
any typical <laughs> any typical lazy American. I was like, ah, screw it, I'm done with it. You know, I, I spent an hour and a half trying to sync it up correctly. Now I'm done. But well, we need Apple to bring out a um, an iWay or something. Yeah, uh, make it right. easy. <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah. I, I still don't know if I'd make it public. So well, if you join, lose it. If you join Lose It, you can add me as a friend, and we can we can watch each other, and you can see how up and down my weight is on it because it is it is all over the place, but it helps me. Well, I, I've got an advantage because I'm from the UK, and we do everything in stone, which you don't know. So, like you've just told me how many pounds you are, and I've got no. Oh idea yeah, yeah, gotcha. So. Maybe it'll convert it for us. Well, I hope not, because then you'll realize how much weight I've actually put on whilst um, enjoying the sun in Dubai and a lot of good food out there. Um, lose it. Okay, any more? Any yeah, more? so I have a, um, I recently got into an exercise program called CrossFit, um, and there's a little tracking device. It's called MyWOD, M-Y-W-O-D. Um, it's not pretty, but it's a nice little workout app. Um, Spotify is just always on on my phone. Uh, let's see, Stitcher, um, which is podcasts. Um, definitely listen to, I've listened to over a thousand hours of just tech podcasts, you know, blogs, uh, podcasts like yours. Uh, yeah, what are your shows. favorite podcasts? I'm, I'm happy to share that. Let's go. Let's figure out what you're listening to. Let's, let's see what I'm, what I'm on to right now. There is a podcast called 99% Invisible, which I really like that. Uh, this Week in Tech, Wall Street Journal Tech News, uh, TED Talks, NPR's TED Talks, um, always, always fantastic. Uh, Freakonomics, Radiolab, uh, This American Life, Stuff to Blow Your Mind. So probably a lot of podcasts about thinking about things differently. I'm, I'm kind of into that. I'm really amazed at my podcast listening. I actually started listening to podcasts back in 2008, probably earlier than that. And oh, awesome. I was just listening to you know comedy stuff, uh, and then for some reason I I didn't really incorporate them into my life as much. And it's only until I've had the you know like the iPhone and it's made it a lot easier that, that actually yeah. the have come back. And it, just the quality out there is phenomenal. You know, I feel a little bit the same way. Like I I kind of jumped on the bandwagon early on, and and it disappeared. And some of these apps made them just easier. Um, you know, Stitcher streams, I, you know what, I don't know exactly how they do it, but it's almost, uh, you don't have to download anything. So uh, um, that's why I'm a big fan of the Stitcher. Um, it, it saves memory on my phone. Let's see, there's a new really neat app. It's called Confide, C-O-N-F-I-D-E. Think of text messaging meets Snapchat. So that's kind of the best way that I can explain Confide. Um, but you can read a text message from somebody and it's forever gone. Um, so it's kind of, you know, you think of emails and text message and everything else, it's digitally always there. And, um, with confide it's, it's, uh, it's gone once you read it. So I think that's kind of a neat app. Yeah, absolutely. We're living now in the, in the age where, you know, we're, we're wanting privacy again and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good to know that. The- Are you, I, I, should I make the assumption that, uh, do you guys ever talk about NSA or anything like that on your podcast? We actually had, um, a, a good discussion on that a few episodes ago and, uh, really went into detail. We love talking about that stuff. You know, oh, wow. we've got, I've obviously got some strong opinions 
opinions about the fact that um, the NSA is spying on us and the UK. What do you? How do you feel about it? Yeah, well, I just uh, I, I probably should have more of a pin, of an opinion on it. But um, I actually wrote a letter and called and emailed the NSA requesting my digital records for nothing more than I just wanted to see how they responded. And uh, they sent me a letter back, and you know, they, it was the we cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, but it's pretty funny. I think I tweeted a photo of it. Um, I can send it to you, but I think uh, everybody got a real good kick out of it that I did that. But nice letter from the NSA written to me, so I'm sure I'm on some sort of a watch list now. But I just, I was just, <laughs> I was just curious what uh, what they were. Gonna- what is in those boxes that you're sending everybody? <laughs> <laughs> right, but I figured you know if you read on their website, like they're they. Are, if you make a request, they're supposed to follow up with it. And I just wanted, I was just curious if they were actually going to do it. So Yeah, we've got a Freedom of Information Act that is supposed to allow us to get anything that's recorded on us. But clearly that's perhaps something that's... <laughs> yeah, it didn't uh, work out so yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Paul, uh, you know, it's um, been great talking to you. I can see that the time is running uh, past the 30 minutes. Uh, have you got any think else you'd like to share with us any parting kind of guidance for those people uh, listening who have been inspired by your story what would you like to say to those people you know i would say we we have a um sounds a little cliche but at bulu box we have uh core values we got we have some core values and um again i know it sounds a little cliche but um there's one that um um I kind of learned in, in different words at another company, and it's it's so important. And uh, the way that we say it here is be fearless. And um, no matter what you're going to do, if you're going to jump off the cliff, if you're going to you know build an app or or whatever it is that you're going to do, um, I think people just need to remind themselves to to be fearless and be absolutely fearless. And it's okay with being wrong, and and as long as you're always working towards getting better, um, it's okay. You know, the um, nothing too horrible, I'm sure, is going to happen. And um, I always, you know, we remind ourselves at Bulu Box here and kind of when I talk with other entrepreneurs, um, I think it's just really important that whole idea of having courage and, and being fearless and just pushing forward no matter what, because it will get rough um, and that's okay. Just keep pushing forward, keep being fearless and uh, things will take care of themselves. And that, that's a sort of attitude that is making this world a better place. And I love that motto. I'm really, uh, uh, I wish I'd followed that about three or four years ago. I was thinking about yeah. buying a, an apartment in Dubai. <laughs> and it would have worked out really well, given that the prices have gone up by about 50%. So. Yep. <laughs> my, my wife is always quick to say, um, whenever I say be fearless, she says, that doesn't mean be stupid. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's correct. So uh, I better add that in for her. And how can we best reach out to you and connect with you? Um, if they're you know, listening yeah. to this, I mean, if there's any Magento uh, uh, experts or anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty easy to find, but I'll say you know Twitter is is usually pretty good if it's like a public question or whatever. I love answering things um, in front of everybody, so it's just at Paul Jarrett, and that's P A U L J A R R E T T. Um, and if uh, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll get um, plenty of emails, but I'm actually pretty good at returning most of them. Um, just email me. It's just Paul at BuluBox.com. Uh, P A U L at B U L U box.com um, might take me a while to get to it but uh, I'm pretty good at answering emails and and uh, call me old-fashioned but um, 
Um, that's kind of uh, the way I'd appreciate if I was on the other side. So, well, I, mean, I, I just think it's great that you know people like yourself, co-founders, that actually give out their email and respond to customers and respond to requests. And I wish yes. there was more people like that in this world. And uh, you, your, your story is great. You've really inspired me, and Thank I'm you. sure that uh, there's going to be a lot of people out that are digesting all the things that you've uh, said. Listen to this again, I would suggest. Um, I'll put all the links on, but it just leaves me to say, Paul, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks. I'm glad that we got this time together and we would love to get you back on the show at some point after you've perhaps gone through the Soylent Challenge and you've got another letter from the NSA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I have to, I'm going to go buy the Soylent right now. So now I just get pressured myself into doing it. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, if there's anything uh, you need or want me to post on this blog uh, or uh, information with this podcast, just let me know and I'll be more than happy to help out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays.